Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Weekly Waffle. My name's Joe Smart. I hope you're having a good week so far. Um, feels like the season's changing as we get to the end of September and into October. That makes me wonder where the time's going. But this week, I am going to be waffling on around overthinking and procrastination. And this is something that we've all um, done, I imagine. Uh, I've done a lot of it. <laughs> I am someone who is quite habitually overthinks and overdoes everything. Uh, I have spent the last five weeks worrying about how to put up a blind <laughs> in my house. And uh, I actually did it today and I'm very proud of myself. And it took me about 15 minutes. So five weeks of worry and overthinking for what turned out to be a 15 minute thing. And the space it's created in my brain it's uh it's unbelievable for something such so simple <laughs> but i am absolutely guilty of overthinking and it's it's something that i've spoken to people um both across my sort of uh professional groups and my my um uh family groups and it's something that it's it affects everybody especially in this day and age where there's so much information out there that sometimes it can feel like we're in this constant spinning cycle of collecting information collecting data and then we never actually do anything with it or we just we're just paralyzed so as i jump into this we're going to talk a little bit around what overthinking is how it affects us and then we're going to move on to how organizations and uh, you know places where we work and overthink as well and just give you some ideas of how we kind of challenge that how we can move things forward so let's talk about what overthinking is so it's an act, it's the act of over analyzing something it's that period of paralysis where you just can continually running scenarios in your mind you seem to be going over and over and over things and not actually getting to a stage where you can take action and it has some really quite serious impacts so some of the research that i've been looking through in preparation for this podcast it should, there is evidence that shows that overthinking leads to a heightened anxiety it impairs your decision making and most importantly it impairs your intuitive decision making it's almost like you don't trust yourself anymore it can lead to a decrease in your overall happiness. It can actually have physical manifestations as well. So you can get chronic pain such as headaches and it can affect your digestive system as well. Um, it reduces your creativity and it can disrupt your sleep patterns as well as you know having an impact on your interpersonal relationships and leading to more conflicts as maybe you've got lost down another rabbit hole of over worrying about something and someone told you just to pull it together or just get on with it and you kind of snap <laughs> and i'm sure we've all been there as well so as part of this research i found an article by edward r watkins at l um, and everyone else who contributed this uh, in april 2020 which was called reflecting on rumination consequences causes Mechan mechanisms and treatments of rumination and in this this scientific study they, uh, they they this is where the evidence came from in terms of all the impacts that overthinking has and in in this um, journal he proposes a hexagon analogy for helping support this which talks about habit development <clears throat> executive control abstract processing goal discrepancies and negative bias so a way of kind of thinking about how you define overthinking and the impact that can has and this then led me to something connect to something i've I read a while ago which is the chimp paradox and if you've not read that before it's a fantastic book the chimp paradox and in this book it talks about how we all have a monkey brain in our head if you've not come across this before it's worth having a google because it's, it's really kind of fascinating but effectively we've got a number of different brains in our head we have our limbic brain, which is very much at the very center of what we do, which is our kind of survival mechanisms. And then we have our 
um, animal brain that kind of wraps around that. And then we have our human brain right at the front. And our human brain does things like creativity and thinking. And then you've got your animal brain, which is about how do I fit in with groups? How am I perceived? Those kinds of things. And you've got your survival, which is about your reactions. It's about um, your sex drive, your hung, you know, if you're hungry. And what happens is, is that your uh, your limbic brain, which is your monkey brain, is right around your the top of your spine. So basically, when your limbic brain is activated, it can override and overrule everything else. And we've all experienced this. If you're hungry, that's it. <laughs> Job done. Don't talk to me. If you're angry or you're late or something, it feels like you can't quite think clearly. It feels like you're in this kind of state where you're reacting to yourself and you're not quite sure why. That And in this book basically talks about how that is your monkey brain hijacking and taking over your emotions. And a classic example of this is, you know, if you're if you're um, someone's rude to you at work, and I talked about the impact of kindness and things before in previous podcasts, but if someone's rude to you at work and it activates your limbic brain, then very, very quickly you can move to that fight or flight response. You know, you're not thinking, there's no time for thinking, you're just in action. And only when that kind of calms down, there's almost your human brain or your basically your animal brain. Oh, how if I do get angry, how is it going to affect my standing in this social scenario? And your human brain, which is very reasoning, perhaps they didn't mean it like that. Perhaps I'm misconstruing it. Perhaps I need to find a bit more information before I start jumping, jumping to conclusions, starts to come back online. And with a monkey brain, it's very much around. So when you think, why am I overthinking? Sometimes it's because you're in a, you've got three brains. <laughs> Your three brains are passing information between each one. Perhaps I should do this, or I don't want to do that. What does anyone else think? Perhaps I should do this. But how do I feel about that? What does everyone else think? And you're just on this kind of loop, 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 round and round and round with this ongoing conversation in your head, which can lead to endless rumination, this kind of decision decision paralysis and excessive what-if scenarios. And this is really interesting for me. So one of the thing, one of the tips from the big tips from the monkey brain book that I kind of took away is that you cannot override your limbic brain. So if you're feeling angry or you're hungry or you're something in that kind of that animal, that kind of reptile state is aroused, then you can't override, you can't outthink being angry. You know, you just tell someone to calm down and <laughs> see how that goes. You know, it doesn't work. You have to just let them exhaust themselves. And in this book, the way they kind of talk about it is letting, is exercising your monkey, as they call it. So if you're really angry and you just want to just vent, then you just get really angry. You just vent, 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 vent. And eventually you vented to the point where the reptile brain starts to go to sleep again and the human brain starts to take over, takes back the reins almost. And then you can start to become a bit more rational. And I'm sure we've all had those situations where we've seen red, we've seen, done things, said things that perhaps we, we were very sorry for later on. And that kind of feeling sorry and kind of come back to apologize, that's almost a human brain taking back over again from our, from our limbic brain. And so this kind of comes back to our decision paralysis. So if we're overthinking things, what what's basically trying to do is the limbic brain is trying to look after you all the time. It's, it's there to keep you alive. It doesn't really care about anything else. It just wants to look after you and make sure you're safe. So if it perceives threats, it almost puts you in that state of paralysis. So we're kind of like, am I fighting? Am I fleeing? What's going on? What more information do I need to connect? And so if you're in this kind of endless cycle, sometimes you just need to let in the book they talk about letting your monkey exercise so a what if scenario if i give you an example it might be something like this uh, so i want to apply for a new job 
but I don't want to leave my old job because I like everyone there. But I really want a new job because I want to get to a new career. But if I leave my old job, then the new job might not, they might not be as nice to me. But if I go, if I don't leave the my old job, I'm not going to progress in my career. And you can see the cycle already starting to go around. But if I don't progress in my career, then I won't get a promote. I won't get any more any more money if i don't get any more money then i won't be able to afford the house that i need if i don't get the house that i need then i won't be able to provide for my family or my children if i don't provide for my children what am i why am i here why do i exist this is maybe a bit more of a male (laughs) slant but i'm sure lots of people of both genders can relate to this and if i don't do this then i you know then basically my kids are not going to eat if they don't eat then they won't love me and then you can see that you can see just from that how you spiraled from should i apply for a new job and you've got to my kids won't love me <laughs> just in a just in a very quick cycle round around and round and so sometimes the way to break this kind of endless rumination for me is to exercise that monkey so you kind of go yeah and so what and then so what and then so what until you get to the point where it's so ridiculous so kind of you know, left field that it just, it's not even real anymore. And after you've done that, you'll find that your limbic brain starts to realize that you're safe, that it's okay. And we'll start to go back to sleep again. Your monkey brain will start to go back to sleep. And as it starts to go, the human brain and the animal brain will start to come alive again and start to take over again. And your conversation might go, if I do go for a new job, then that's a really good thing. I've worked really hard. You know, I'm, I'm not scared of a new challenge. It might be really good for me. I'm quite excited by it. All those things, that's very much animal and human. That kind of, you're rationalizing, you're working through choices, you're not in a threat state anymore. And you can start to see how plans can start to form from that. But if you haven't exercised that limbic brain and got rid of that, you can see you're just on that continual cycle. But what if they're not, they don't like me? What if they, you know, then my kids won't get like, you know, won't like me. And then, you know, and again, you're on that cycle. So the ways that you can kind of, you know, there's the many ways that people uh, talk about this and there's lots of information out there. So if you're, if this is like sparked your interest, I'd say start with the monkey mind, um, monkey brain and, and go from there. And I'll put some links in the, uh, the chat. It's the monkey paradox, actually. It's a very, very good book. Um, and, uh, but the one of the things that I found have really help is that as I've got more and more interest in neuroscience, there's this, the brain's one of those things that can decide to change itself. So the brain can think, I want to be different, and then it can make itself different, which is fantastic. But sometimes if you're in that continual spin, the brain can't make itself change because you're in you're going round and round and round. So in that way, usually the brain controls the body, but sometimes you need the body to control the brain. And that's where things like mindfulness, external breathing, um, f- um, looking at um, practicing gratitude, keeping a gratitude journey, meditating can really help bring you back because if you're in that kind of heightened anxiety state or in that heightened state of worrying or kind of going round and round that kind of letting your body take over the deep breathing the focusing on the breath the the focus on being grateful for what you have it's all very very calming to our monkey brains to our limbic systems that really kind of calms us down and makes us feel safe and as we become more safe and become more control of that then it gets more oxygen to the human brain and the animal brain and then we can actually start thinking clearly again and if the monkey brain starts to rise up again and start being worried about what's going to happen then we can just follow the same process just to soothe it and calm it down um, and really make sure that it's it's feeling safe so we can have those plans so overthinking is, is something we all do i think i think sometimes people think it's only them and everyone else has got it figured out i as i said at the beginning i massively overthink everything 
And the reason I do a weekly podcast is so I can't overthink it. It has to be done on a Wednesday. There's no researching it for six weeks and then getting one out. Yeah. The reason I do it every week is so I can't overthink it. There is a deadline. It has to happen. And that, that's it, you know. So <laughs> in many ways, my uh, my own um this, uh, this podcast is my own way of sort of working on my own overthinking. So thank you for listening. You're, you're helping me out by doing it. So anyway, so let's, that's the, how we do it maybe personally. So if you, if you take that thinking into organizations, some of that will quite sound quite similar, wouldn't it? So some organizations, big ones in particular, sometimes there are these cultures of endless rumination, decision paralysis, and these excessive what-if scenarios, you know, constant things being considered and then no real action taken and everyone feeling a bit frustrated by that. So what can we do as, you know, OD practitioners, organizational design and development people, people who are interested in human behaviors and how to get the best out of people? So one of the things we can do for me is focusing on this good enough. So just personally as well, if we want to do something, we don't. it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough to get you to the next level. So sometimes like, you know, when I started this podcast, I didn't have an external microphone, but I did it anyway. Then I bought, and so it was good enough to get me to the next level, which is taking a bit, you know, getting a bit more interested in it. And there's lots of research out there. If you're trying to get fit or lose weight or other things like that, you know, if you go to the gym and think, you know, your best set ever, you probably won't go. Whereas if you just think I'm just going to walk in the front door and maybe go on the treadmill for five minutes, just by getting there, you'll end up working out and, and hitting your goals in a different way. So lots of this kind of, it doesn't have to be perfect. You haven't got to have the end in mind. It's very much around just taking the first step on that journey, just taking some kind of action to get you moving to the next level. And for an organization, this can be presented as a, a good a good enough scenario. So it's something around if you want to move something forward or you're trying to change your culture, it's not this is going to, you know, this one thing is going to revolutionize how the organization works, but very much around this is a good enough scenario to move us towards where we want to get to. So it's not an all or nothing scenario. It's just good enough to get us to the next stage. And then part and parcel of that for me is very much around when you do tend to present business cases and, and you know, some of the big things where there's sometimes millions of pounds on the line in terms of investment. You really need to make sure that the do nothing scenario is well thought out and fully fleshed out because there is harm in everything and there's risk in everything. And sometimes the greatest risk is to do nothing at all. You think you're keeping it safe by doing nothing, but actually sometimes the do nothing risk is greater. And so when you're doing the business cases and you're trying to make arguments to persuade people to do things, you just really need to work through the do nothing scenario. So just keeping things as they are and working out all the things that would continue to be bad if you didn't do the one thing that is good enough to move it to the next level so really kind of looking at the do nothing and that can be people money finances all different kinds of things and then the final thing is around um this uh, step-by-step process so again you're just moving that thing everybody slightly forward and it's that you mitigate the risk of the organization by saying we can have a look again you know we can review this in six months it's a trial we're going to see how it goes you know we've talked about quality improvement before with the discovery design and delivery phases it's very much around just that next step to get us moving 
And again, we all know that once you take the first step, then the second step will follow, and then the third step, and then you start building momentum. And once you build momentum, then you start moving. And once you've got movement, then people start to buy into it and believe. And once they start to believe, then the change starts to become real. So really kind of like the small steps, that kind of classic analogy of, you know, stones on a on a mountain that causes an avalanche really, really comes true for that. And so that's my weekly waffle this week. So if you are an overthinker like me, a self-confessed overthinker, just take away from this podcast that you're not alone. Number one, you're not alone. Everyone, if you need anyone to talk about overthinking, I'm your guy. <laughs> just reach out. I'm very happy to have a conversation with anyone about overthinking because it it, it does it is a horrible place to be sometimes when you're in those uh, in that cycle and it just feels like you're spinning. So you're not alone, number one. And there's lots of things out there um, to sort of reach out and look at it. And I think number one, having a look at the the, the chimp paradox, the monkey mind, and really sort of looking into that and realizing that you have three different types of brain sometimes, which are all after different things at different times. And sometimes that's why it feels like you're your brain can't hold everything at once sometimes it's fighting with itself and so recognizing that and learning to work with it is sometimes one of the big things that can really help so that's the weekly waffle this week i hope you have a a, a great week um again if you are an overthinker please reach out but otherwise i look forward to seeing you next week take care bye